me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. As usual, I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. I can't wait, man. This is a good one. I'm actually, I'm doing good, but I'm disappointed because this is the first time in, I think, three or four years now that I won't be down there for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So we'll get to that. Before we get into it, I want to remind everybody quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented and sponsored by rotogrinders.com. Got the new promo working. Everyone's reaching out, asking me about it. You can head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off with the new combo pack. So you can get the golf package only. Or you can get the premium and get yourself 10 bucks off. But yeah, Kenny, a lot to talk about here, a lot to dive into, right? It was just a couple of weeks ago and we were all over Finau, and now we got a different story to talk about. So I'm sure we'll talk about the Reed stuff. But how was your week, man? What do you want to get to first? Yeah, well, before we get to Reed, because you know we're going to talk about that, let's talk about uh, the tournament. Of course, the winner was Patrick Reed. We'll get to that in here in a little bit. But other guys who performed well, um, you know, Palmer playing well, Xander actually getting over the hump. Uh, maybe the lack of fans and lack of having to deal with all his family and friends uh, that week really did help him. Not really sure. You can't really quantify that, uh, but he looked pretty good. Hovland out there doing pretty well. He, he uh, surprised me a little bit. I liked him on uh, Monday last week. I didn't talk about him. I ended up not playing him because I was a little bit worried about his short game. And of course, you know, his short game wasn't that bad. It looks like he's getting a little bit better uh, around the greens, which is something that you should look for, especially when it comes to the U S open here coming up at Torrey Pines in the future. Um, I think I went ahead and put, and, you know, and the way he played in that horrible weather, um, 
you know, on, on Friday or was it Friday or Saturday? One of those days, I think it was Friday. You know, I put a little bit on them at the open championship. So let's see how it goes. The weather turns bad, gets windy. Um, I think it was 50 to one there. I think he's, he's viable for the U S open again. Um, you know, U S open also, uh, you know, as a future bet, I didn't see that number. I didn't check the number. I didn't bet it yet, but it's something I'm looking at. Willie Z in the top 10, uh, you know, after an Eagle uh, on his final hole, you know, the leaderboard was stacked going into the final round. Finau, you know, you know, Rom, um, Rory, uh, Xander, uh, you know, all Reed, all these guys up top. It was a great event. It was fun to watch. Um, you know, and, and, and Reed brought a little bit of juice. Uh, brought a little bit of juice. Now, go ahead. What do you think of the tournament? Overall, I thought it was good. That funny, I pointed out last night on Twitter, the leaderboard was like Muirfield, man. It had, we, we talked about the Rom Palmer thing that always happens. They're right back there again this time. Palmer actually outdid him at nine under versus Rom's eight under. Uh, it even had the same quote unquote, you know, scrubs there with List and Norlander, same two scrubs that were up there at Memorial. And then Reed, Finau, Xander, Rom, like all those guys were the same guys that were up in the mix there. So I guess it was just sort of that combination, right? But this Tory Pine setup was not quite to what we'll see or what we would expect to see at the U S open, right? They said the rough was already super thick. We got all that. That goes a little bit with the controversy, but I think the other side of it was just an overall man, great tournament. I, I love stuff like this. The cream rises to the top. It's not the you know lowest scoring event, 14 under Reed sort of dusted the field, even if you took him back, but uh, you know, Finau right up there again, man, he did his thing. You said Hovland, it, it might've got better, but man, if he had himself an around the green game, it would be insane what he could do, yeah. man. Some of the stuff, 73, 71 on the weekend. And it looked like he could have shot 66, 66 if he wanted to. Like it just, yeah. for some reason, that's just not quite in the bag just yet. Remember, he's still young. So it is, it's impossible. And we talked about it last Monday. I liked him a little bit more than Wolf. I said, I'd go there if everyone's going to be there. And it still didn't pay my way. I didn't want to go back to Reed after he was pretty much all putter the week before. But that's the thing here, man. The last thing I'll say is, even before we get into it, is Leishman. Didn't hit a single fairway last year and won the single. I say none, but he hit a couple, but you know what I mean? It was all short game and putter this year. I saw the stat yesterday. I think it was, um, I forget who posted it out, but greens of regulation Reed was way off the mark. It was all to do with the short game around the green, that putter dropping Eagles. Uh, and then, yeah. And the last thing is CBS is atrocious when it comes to coverage. I don't care about the Reed side of it. You can talk about whatever you want. When you're talking to the CEO, anybody, Put it up in the corner. Let me see the shots, man. We complain about it enough. Sometimes it's whatever, but this was too much, man. And the funny part was to me, actually, good segue into it, was Reed was knocking down 40-foot eagles and bombs to take the take away the lead and everything and During just run break. away with it. During the, <laughs> while they're talking shit about him. I was yeah. like, this is so great, man. And he doesn't uh, know he's doing that there, but it, it, we, he talked about it at the end, mental state, resiliency, everything that he's got going for himself. It's incredible, man, that Brooks calls him a cheater. He goes out and wins. Like uh, I, There was other times, I can't even remember them all off the top of my head, Kenny, but the this guy just thrives on that stuff and just actually goes out and wins. Nine wins now, some big tournaments. If you look at the courses that he's taken down, not just the titles and the trophies, but where they're playing at these are extremely tough courses conditions fields everything that goes with it the guy's a closer it's incredible to watch i love it personally now you know speaking of reed i mean he cheated uh, there, there's there's no way around it uh, I, okay we'll go we'll go in this situation i i think what Reed did was great uh he bended the rules in his favor but he definitely cheated um you know i mean the thing is like when that ball bounced the second time okay he he said himself that there's literally no way a ball that bounces can be embedded. Okay. And so the only way that that ball could feel embedded is if he manipulated the ground when he picked his ball up and he was around the ball 
poking and prodding in that hole for about 15, 20 seconds. So, I mean, it's obvious that he's cheated. There's no doubt in my mind that he cheated. Now, the thing is, like, does did he, did he know he can get away with it because of what the, 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 the spotter said? Yes. He knew that he could get away with it. That's why he cheated. And, and it's either – you can either think that's brilliant, like I sort of do, or you could think that's horrible for the game. You could think both ways, okay, because he definitely cheated. There's no fucking doubt in my mind. Uh, I mean, the evidence is – he said it himself. There's no way a ball can be embedded when it bounced one time. And then when the rules official went in and poked around that hole, he felt a lip. The only way that he, the, that rules official would have been able to feel that lip is if Reed did something to the ground when he was poking and prodding there. That's the only way. That's the only way. Okay. And so, but the thing is, he was genius about it. Like he was so brilliant about it. Like, well, when, when the spotter said that the ball didn't bounce, he was like, okay, well, then I, you know, it's soft. It's rained a bunch the night before. Okay. And then he, you know, he picked up his ball, which he's allowed to do. Uh, now, I actually talked to Brandon Shambly of the Golf Channel. We sometimes interact through DMs. Um, and, and I talked to him, and his big issue was Reed palming the ball. Mm-hmm. That is not against the rules. Brandon Shambly actually clarified that the next day. He thought it was against the rules, but it's not. Now, is it integrity-wise a bad thing? Yeah, probably. You think Patrick Reed gives a fuck about that? No. Not at all. All he cares about is winning, okay? And so then he moved the ball, asked the rules official to come, and, of course, he manipulated the ground, and the rules official felt the lip, and he got the drop. That's what happened. I mean, you, you, can, you can hate him for it, or you can love the villain. Uh, you can go either way. Now, the one thing that was in his favor is Roy did the same fucking thing. <laughs> Roy, Roy did the same fucking thing. That ball bounced. There's no way that that ball would have been embedded. Uh, on 18, on on the same day, no way that that ball would have been embedded. Okay, he picked up this ball and he he just yelled to his playing partner, "I think it's embedded." There's no way the TV cameras could see it on either shot because the rough was so tall. So there's no way that anyone they followed the rules that they could that they followed the rules enough where they wouldn't get caught cheating. That's what happened to both of them. Rory cheated too. Rory cheated also, people. Rory cheated. And the thing about this is what you, what Rory said afterwards was that this is a common occurrence that golfers do this all the time. Now, Xander said that that's not true. Brandel said that that's not true, but I sort of believe Rory. I think people do this all the time. I think it's, it's an unwritten thing that guys do this to give themselves a little bit of advantage. They're using the rules to their advantage. Uh, Are they cheating? Yes. Yes, but I don't think this is an, as uncommon as a thing as people might expect. I think this type of shit happens all the fucking time with whoever's golfing out there, especially under those type of conditions. I believe what Rory said, and this is a common thing when they change the rules where a golfer can make this decision by himself. People have been using that to their advantage. And I, do, I, do I think both of them cheated? Yes, they both cheated but they got away with it. They got away with it. And now you could, you could say that's bad for the game, whatever you can, you can, you can think like that. And I have no fault. I can't say anything against that, but I think it's good. I think people need bad people in the sport. It brings juice to,
to the game. It brings eyeballs to the game, you know, and Reed is not a good person when it comes to the morals and ethics of golf. I mean, it's just, it's just a plain fact. Um, and, 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 but he does what he does to get away with what he can do. And one thing I did say on Twitter is, you know, he probably has less endorsements and sponsorships than any other elite golfer out there because everyone knows that no one likes him. I think he makes less money off the course than anyone does, uh, you know, I- inside the top 10. And because of that, he makes, I think when, the money he makes on the course is so much more important. So he will do whatever it fucking takes. If that means to cheat, he'll cheat. If he gets caught, so what? His image is already fucking tarnished. You think he gives a fuck what you think? He doesn't. Right. He does not. So he's going to use these rules to his advantage and that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what Rory did. What do you think? I think it was a perfect flip right there at the end. You said it. he doesn't care. He's a known cheater. He's, it's not going to change his image. It goes back to college days of stealing things out of lockers and in situations where he had to leave the college he was at. The guys there hate him, right? The Georgia Bulldogs with Kisner wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire was the statement that Kisner had made. So I think it goes right with that, Kenny. It's perfectly said that you put it there. He knows the rules. What Rory said is true, too. Uh, there was guys out there that talked in certain interviews that estimated it happened 12 to 15 times a week. It's actually funny. I brought up the memorial earlier. If you remember and recall back there, the situation with Rom and the two-stroke penalty absolutely did not mean to do it was not the same was not cheating I'm not saying that what the point was made there at the time when Rom had that situation happen was if there was a camera on every guy that week there would have been 20 balls like that that moved slightly right before they chipped it up it had nothing to do with trying to cheat or anything there this scenario definitely different I think the interesting point you made and that I kind of agree with is that Reed knows the rules so well if you know back the old adage if you ain't cheating you ain't trying he this was almost premeditated Yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask yes. her if this ball. The first question he says walking up yes. was nothing to do with where's my ball. I, I da, think da, da, he knew da, it bounced. Anything. The first I think thing he, he said, knew it bounced. Absolutely, he needs I think her he to knew say the answer. Yes, he sees and everything. If you saw, and I'm, I don't. For those that don't know what I do in real, I'm in sales. I have been my whole life, trained them, taught them, whatever. And I'll tell you what, the the pivot he made after the guy said, "Can I check where your ball is?" He said, "Well, that's the only way you'd know how to, isn't it?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's right." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I felt a lip." He, instead of saying, yeah, that's what, you know, and anything and agreeing and all this, his immediate flip, Kenny, and it's a sales trick was, oh, so does the pin go here or there? Because when you're in sales, you're not looking for a yes or a no, because if you get a no, you're screwed and you might not be able to get back to a yes. You have to start overcoming objections. So his immediate flip, and this is a sales thing, was which side? Because then it's a right or a left. It's not a yes or a no of uh. does the does the pin go or does his um his tee his tee go? And you see how the old the old gentleman rules official immediately was like, uh oh yeah, it goes over there. Yeah, the old rule used to be he got him laughing and talking about something completely different out of this world. So that the whole thought process of why the hell was your ball over there already? And back to the Brandel thing, I think this is interesting. Still, he did correct himself as you said, but the palming is still very interesting to me because. The 16.4 rule that they brought up states that all the stuff he followed, but it says the lifted ball must not be cleaned. Now, you can't say for sure he cleaned it while he was palming it, Kenny, but yep. certainly would be an opportunity for yep. him to do so. So I think that's more where Brandel, Brandel was thinking, and I, yeah. I go right with him there. Again, here's the last thing I'll say on it because I don't want to draw it out long-winded, is that everyone said this today, and all the article titles love to jump on this. You know, the Tiger thing, if you guys just watched, we went through the Tiger doc a couple weeks ago, and people saw, oh, what was the Nike statement? Was winning fixes everything? And everyone said that that doesn't work for Reed. It's not going to, and he knows it. And that's my my final point, is the best part about Reed 
is if you watch, he doesn't get defensive in the interviews to a point of being defensive, like mad or angry or like, why are you guys always coming at me? He just deflects and just, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, I, I think the same. when they start talking about his parents at the Masters, deflected. When they start talking about this this week, deflected. The bunker, deflected. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Go out there and play a good game of golf. I was happy with my mental state and resiliency, and I was able to close the door down the stretch. And for me, it's perfect because he winning does fix everything it fixes it to him when he goes home he's excited he puts another trophy on the shelf he puts a bunch more money in the bank he keeps the villain thing going and then on the flip side to the pga i wonder if kenny i'll leave you with this if the reason they ran out that session of 10 minutes and the reason they rehash it is because they know just as damn well as we do that having a villain in golf is a good thing and why not villainize the villain let's keep it going whenever it's going to piss everyone off all they want to see is golf shots Let's run this villain up even more so people just can't stand him even more. And again, like you said, <laughs> the, the eyeballs that come with it, Kenny. So I thought it was great. I'm fine with it. Listen up. You give him that penalty, he wins by three. It doesn't matter. He dusted the field. He played incredible golf. That's what Patrick Reed does, and he's an absolute closer, a great villain for the PGA Tour. If you don't think people have been taking advantage of the rules for as long as golf has been played, you're out of your mind. You look at John Rahm, uh, I forget what tournament it was, where he wasn't anywhere near close to a sprinkler head. It was in the fringe. Uh, it was a drive that he had in the fringe. But, you know, he got the rules official. He was like, this is in my way. He sort of battered the rules official a little bit, and the rules official gave it to him. And he, he, was able to, he, was able to, he was able to get two club lengths from it and, and drop in the fairway. Uh, Phil like, Nicholson. Uh, Phil Nicholson, know, I was just going to say, and not yeah, just that. With the sprinkler how well the these trees. Guys know, how well did these guys know the rules? Look at Bryson. Yeah. Bryson was fighting forever on that 10 Remember he had, well, what about this fence? What if the fence was here? What if the fence, uh-huh. this guy, these guys know the rules like the back yeah. of their hands. And you think that's just so they know the game. That's not It's So they no. can use them to their advantage yes. and use them to get an edge. And as Xander said, the PGA tour will protect them. Well, that's the rule. That's just the rules. And the funny part was about Lanto Griffin talking about how everyone's pissed off. And 99% of the golfers would have went the other way. Fucking Roy McElroy didn't go the other way. He actually went one step less and didn't call in a rules official, which you don't need to, as they stated, but that's why, again, part of Reed's charade, was to bring in a rules official to close it out so that he could say at the end of the day, I, I talked to a rules official. They said we did everything absolutely correct. And therefore we, my team and myself feel okay with it. Boom. Game over. He did, he did what he had to do and it worked. And again, he still won by five. So that's the bottom line. Now here's the thing. If you want to go back even farther, 1958, I think Arnold Palmer won his first masters. Right. And, and like, there was a thing, it was a 12th hole. It was a par three, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, and uh, Palmer, he said it was embedded in the mud uh, to, you know, to, on his, on his shot on the par three, it was an obvious drop without a penalty. Uh, but the, uh, the official gets only half plugged. He didn't believe it. Okay. And so he ended up playing that ball, but then he went ahead and took another ball, played that and finished the hole with that ball. Okay. Because, <laughs> because he didn't believe what the official told him. Uh, about four or five holes later, they're like, "Okay, we're going to count your second ball." And he, and, you know, he would have, he would have, he would have probably bogeyed or doubled that hole. He won by one stroke. Okay, you have to know the rules, and you have to take advantage of them when you can. And that's exactly. I'm not saying Arnold Palmer cheated. I don't think he cheated at that point. Patrick, you cheated, uh, but 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 still, you, you people have been taking advantage of the rules for as long as golf has been played. And that's exactly what Roy did. That's exactly what Reed did. Uh, except that Reed, 
Reed was a little bit extra because he cheated because he poked his finger in there and made that lip. Okay. But no one could catch him. No one could catch him. No one could say anything about it. Uh, so that's what happened. Uh, let's. Uh, so for me, basically last week, you know, enough of the rules fiasco for me personally, again, not a great week, getting a little bit frustrated. Um, you know, the last seven months, you know, have been pretty poor for me. I thought I was getting back to it in the fall. I had a good fall. I had a good first week of tournament of champions. Last three weeks again have been garbage. Uh, the only thing that's been saving me you know, and what makes it more frustrating is the 18 months prior to that, before the pandemic, before the break, I'm blaming Corona for this. Uh, it was my best 18 month stretch ever in the history of I ever played DFS. Like it was just unbelievable. I was hitting like 85% of my cast games, like, you know, you know making a cut. It was ridiculous. Uh, and so, and so it's getting a little bit frustrating. The only thing that's been saving me here the last few weeks is the betting aspect. Now betting is legal uh, in Virginia, um, you know, and so you have a lot more books to choose from, a lot more type of bets. I, I would say uh, the Luke List was my favorite bet, top 40. I got that at plus 220 before the tournament started. He went crazy uh, on Sunday, finished that pretty well. Another bet that I won, uh, I think you need to start paying attention if you have, uh, if you have different types of books that you can go to and have different types of bets. Uh, the top 20 bet on Saturday night after the third round of the competition. I think I said this last week. I hit that again. I had JT Poston, who finished his third round with four straight birdies, was two strokes out of the top 20. Uh, and he was plus 700. That just screams value. And there's always one or two guys like that that I've seen the last couple of weeks with uh, gambling being legal in Virginia. Um, with some books having those type of numbers. I think you could find value. Check out the top 20s on, on, on Saturday night because you can find some numbers. I think last week was Bo Hogue, uh, who was a stroke or two outside of the top 20. He was plus 600, uh, you know, and he just shot six under the day before. So uh, that's the way I've been making my money. I, because of those, I put a huge bet on list top 20, up top 40. I put like 150 bucks on it, which is a lot for me. Uh, you know, and that paid out plus 220. So it was like 340 or something like that. 350 that I won plus uh, the, the post and bet, uh, which I had dead heat, which is a little bit chopped, but it was still uh, money because I think Adam Scott birdied one of his last holes to make everyone move down to the 20th place. Uh, but still, I mean, like with that, it was a winning week. Uh, same thing happened last week. It was a winning week. It's just I've been losing in DFS. So a little bit frustrating. We're going to try and get back on track. I, I, I'm contemplating some changes here and there, maybe just making one GPP lineup and putting it in a large money, uh, large money GPP, like $100 or 333 or something like that, instead of spreading around it, 60 lineups in smaller ter- GPPs. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to quite make that move yet. Uh, but we will see because the last two weeks, the last lineup I made each week was my best lineup. Uh, and that was like the lineup that I actually like didn't use the lineup generator or anything like that. I like just focus, pick my best players. Uh, and, and, you know, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see if I can get better, but I need to improve with the betting. The betting has been fun. Uh, also contemplating maybe shifting more of my bankroll uh, over to the betting aspect. We'll see how it goes though. Tampa, how was your week? I think that last point you made is interesting because a lot of people will be doing that. I feel like, right. It just gets frustrating when you're, you're basically building a, you know, a six, a six game parlay every week in these, you know, PGA lineups that for someone that's not playing 150 lineups or maybe not, uh, you know, 20 or more where they get to have some sort of a portfolio. It can definitely be a little bit more lucrative just to throw some of these bets together. There's a lot of good lines out there. You said it shop around with your books, find different ways to get after it. So I don't hate that. And that's why we've tried to incorporate some betting aspects into this show. My week overall, man, not good. I do what you said there at the end every week and it's been up or down, but this, you know, last year or so hasn't been the best. I've had a bunch of close calls in certain situations 
Millie Makers, things like that. Last week was not the best. I've had to make my living in the LPGA, the uh, League of Legends and NASCAR streets over, over the last year. But <laughs> la- last week was like, it was just simple. If you didn't want read, and that doesn't matter. I make all my lineups on Wednesday night. I do use a, you know, lineup HQ. I do my show on there for Roto-Grinders and I go out and put it all together. Uh, a lot of good pivots and plays, you know, Hovland over Wolf was nice. But it doesn't matter if you don't have a bunch of the winner. I think I had like 5% read well under, or I mean, it might've been close to field because I think it was around 7% in the stuff I looked at today for the most part. But uh, either way, it certainly wasn't enough and it didn't have the right pieces to go with it. So not the best week overall, no bets. Uh, Scott was my guy, uh, did not come through. And Jason Day I liked and he missed the cut. So uh, Scott just completely disappeared. That's another guy that was right in the mix and just completely melted on Sunday. But uh, he was starting to lose it on Saturday too. Off the tee, he was falling quite a Quite a while for that on Saturday to see what he could do down the stretch. But yeah, we can hop into the Listener League, man, and talk about that, and then we'll get yeah. into this week. I will say Showdown saved me as well. I've been pretty good at Showdown. I've been doing like one lineup, and it's literally catches like every time. Uh, I think I had like in the probably the last three weeks, I probably had like I've probably won like two hundred bucks in Showdown and put in like thirty five dollars worth of lineups. Uh, you know, so so that's that, that's also been saving me as well. All right, but let's get to the listener league for this past week. The winner is Pappy is King. Um, I don't know if that's a bourbon reference or not, but uh, Pappy is delicious. Uh, he won with 533 points. Uh, he had the, the winner, Patrick Reed, at 6.64%. Uh, he had Hovland, um, who came in second, of course, at 14.14%. Adam Scott, uh, who ended up coming in 10th. Um, 92.5 points. He was about 32% owned. Uh, Corey Connors, he came in 37th, 13.71% owned. Alanto has quietly been having a pretty damn good season. Uh, 2% owned, 89.5 points, finished in 7th. And Matt Jones, who made the cut, 6.2%, uh, finished in 48th. What do you think of the lineup? First off, uh, you know, Pappy is king. Shout out for the win. We'll get you into the three-man see you this week. A lot of other good guys there. Winnie Boom Boom, Lloyd Bullard, our guy, Lukey G, my guy, Chris Negus, down in seventh. A couple guys that I know up there, so that was good to see. But as far as Pappy is king goes, the lineup was nice. I think the Lanto thing's interesting. We'll get to another guy later when we talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open and Will Zalatoris, who we have to talk about some of these prices and say what the hell's going on. But uh, Lanto, maybe that rule's busted now, right? Maybe you can play him over seven. He's just so damn good that at 74, what's the difference? And when you get him at 2% and he rolls out like that, uh, really good golf, man. 66, 70, 72, 72, obviously North course helps for the 66, but for the rest of it, pretty solid. Matt Jones has been playing some good golf, made some sense. We were talking about, uh, for this tournament in general, we were talking about Australians and, you know, he sort of was on the list there, but Reed day or sorry, a day Scott were the two I was heavy on. And then you could have got on uh, Leishman again for the previous winner and whatnot. So it made sense with Matt Jones. He's really been tearing it up. Uh, Scott Hovland Reed, obviously all makes sense up at the top. And then Connors was another one that I thought just kind of interesting, right? He stands out because you know, ball striking in that, but on a course, we actually needed quite a bit of short game and putter. That's surprising to see him up there, but T37, he was sort of the, the lone wolf to round it out that wasn't up the board. Overall, solid week, though, and yeah, blew the field out. I don't remember. You'll probably know something off the top of your head, Kenny. What's the biggest win ever in this tournament over second? Because this is 533 to 499. Uh, I think Tiger was the last one to beat anyone by five or more strokes. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right there. And this was Reed was oh. the first since with five stroke. Oh, you talking about? You talking, talking about? Listener League? The, this oh. was a blowout. It was 533 to 499 oh, yeah, for yeah. Papias King. I don't remember the last time we've seen more than maybe 10 points or something. Like this was a pretty good runaway. So good on good on them. 
Yeah, it was good. It was. I mean, he whooped everyone's ass. One thing I did like is uh, I see what uh, three Gups Corner logos up there on the top five. That's always good to see as well of those people down there. All right, so let's get to this week. PGA Tour heads to Phoenix, of course, uh, for the at the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, you know, it's normally one of the most exciting events you'll see every year, like 600,000 people come in there. But of course, this year, COVID put a little bit of damper on that. Uh, only 5,000 fans a day are allowed on premises. Now, 5,000 is a lot more than the golfers have been having, uh, you know, lately. So, you know, I'm sure they will be excited to see people on the course cheering them on, cheering them on. Uh, the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale is a 7250-plus uh, yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. Uh, all the par fives are reachable in two by the majority of golfers, and the 17th hole is a risk-reward drivable par four. Always leads to a bunch of excitement uh, on Sundays. Uh, the course was redesigned by Tom Weisskopf after the 2014 tournament. Uh, he was hired to make the course tougher, so he added length, made landing areas on the fairway smaller, added bunkers, and redid the greens. Uh, it looks like he did his job uh, because the course has played a bit more difficult the last few years. Uh, in the previous five years before the redesign, Scott Stale was on average around the 36th most difficult course on tour. After the renovations, it's been around the 27th most difficult course on tour. Uh, now it's possible the higher scoring has something to do with the new green spring firmer the first two years, but the cut line here hasn't been better than minus one since the 2014 changes. Now off the tee golfer to see narrow landing areas with bunkers placed strategically. Uh, even though this tournament is played in the desert, water is still in play on about six or seven holes. And if golfers miss wildly off the tee, they'll have to deal with desert vegetation. Uh, the rough around the fairways has been thicker on the last few years. And I expect that to be the same this week, though it won't be as thick as what they, we saw at Torrey uh, this past week. Uh, the course is set up about 1,200 feet above sea level. And with the arid desert conditions, drives and iron shots and all that should go a bit further than normal. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of green sizes ranging from small to very large. Uh, overall, the, the, the total green uh, you know, square footage is, on the, uh, uh, is a, well above average. Uh, you know, bunkers guard the majority of the Bermuda grass greens and water will be an issue for some golfers who aren't accurate with their irons. Uh, the greens are relatively flat, firm and fast-ish with a stint meter rating of, a, stint meter rating of around 12. Uh, of the last nine winners here, eight of them had a top five in one of their previous five events leading up to their victory at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, now, in the last four years, 17 out of 23 golfers to finish top five here played Torrey the week before. Uh, and poor play at the Farmers really hasn't been too much of a detriment. It's, you know, very different courses, uh, at least high up on the, on the leaderboard. Uh, of the 17 golfers to finish top five here and played Torrey the week before, six missed the cut uh, and five made the cut but finished outside the top third. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? It's one of those courses, Kenny. We're back to it. You know, I'm definitely not the course history buff, but this is certainly one that will bring it into play. You know, get your own, you know, back in, at least back in the day, 40% Ricky Fowler, and uh, we'll run it out from there. But I'm not sure. This week will be a little bit more interesting. The pricing is extremely soft. Kind of love that we're doing the breakdown here Monday earlier where we're going to get to go through it all and sort of break it down one-on-one -on -one and just see what we think we see here. And, and then, yeah, like the normal stuff, tee to green, approach, Birdies are better, par five scoring, some proximity stuff. I, I think all of that still matters and comes into play, but certainly from what we've seen, it's, you know, who's been playing, who's been playing well, and then who's more comfortable in certain events and certain things. Like you mentioned Xander last week, we kind of hinted at that last week with less family and friends and things that he would have to tend to. Maybe he comes out and actually does, you know, sort of tame the demons a little bit at that course. And he did quite well, uh, you know, had an opportunity at least going into Sunday. And then here, 
kind of funny, just thought of the first guy I thought of mentioning it earlier at the top that I've been here the last, I think it was the three years, at least three, if not four, but uh, the, the stories of Billy Horschel just tell people to go fuck themselves, even though he, you know, he wants to be there and he's excited, you know, once he gets to the crowd and they're all rooting for him or against him, he just starts flipping them off and going crazy. He'll have much less of that to deal with this year. So I wonder if that'll affect his play or or something like that. So uh, yeah, a lot of those things mixed together, Kenny, and then just realistically, it's going to come down to some game theory, some ownership, some pricing and just piecing it all together. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. I also like, you know, I think the approach games are going to be important. Um, I think, you know, iron play from 150 to 175 and 200 plus uh, stuff you're going to look at par five scoring, even though there's only three of them has generally been a good indicator of success here as well. Uh, so definitely a lot of things to look for this weekend. Let's get into it. Who, who do you like up top? We got Webb all the way up to John Rom. Who are you going with? For sure, JT and Rom. I know that much. These are just guys I'll play anywhere. I don't really care. <laughs> Justin Thomas is coming back after his own little incident, but uh, hopefully you get his, his proper stuff that he had to go in the, he said he had to take a course or something. So uh, I'm sure his golf game is still just fine. So I'm going to trust that his stats for me line up the best. I, you know, I like Thomas at any course, but that's what, you know, JT Rory Rom are two guys or three guys, sorry, that I always want to play. The difference is, you know, obviously that, you know, JT's coming off two thirds here in a row some 17s before that and Rory hasn't seen the place but again does Rory just show up here because why not and also doesn't have to deal with all the fans or anything right it's much less fans it's more than the fans than they've seen to your point but much less than you would ever see at this type of course it's usually uh you know sort of the, the zoo out there so I think that's you know crazy when you think of you know the difference of a guy just showing up for the first time and the price is only 200 bucks but it is Rory he just hasn't been playing his best so I'm Ram and JT for sure the guy that I actually feel like playing is is Webb at 10-1, but I've got another guy I like a little bit more further down. We'll stick to the, the five-figure range. But uh, I know he won last year, but do you think he's going to be popular? And then you could talk about who you like. But at 10.1, uh, people normally don't like to play him anyway, and now he's sort of up there. Rory's just 500 bucks more. There's lots of guys below. Could he go overlooked? Because if so, then I'll definitely be more interested in him. I don't know. Who do you think is going to be more overlooked, Rory or Webb? People play yeah. Rory no matter what, right? Yeah, I've heard people talking about Rory all day already, and I already bet him. Like, it just to me, it was a sort of a blind bet in the price. You know, I think it was 12 to one. So that to me, I'm just going to take, and you don't, you just don't see it or don't get it. And of course it's, well, this would be one of those types of courses where Rory could just show up almost like an API when he just dusted the field and putting on Sunday and won the one like by five or whatever it was, this would be a possibility of that. I'm not saying he's going to go out and do it. I'm just saying that's why I'm betting it. Cause it's Rory. He wasn't horrible last week. He just wasn't great. And the other guys have been better, but I really feel strongly about Rom and JT uh, I feel like people will go to Rory no matter what. So I'm probably going to go to Webb. That's my okay. thoughts right now. Before I get into my picks, game theory wise, uh, looking at this top 10K range, um, do you think it's, here's the thing. You think it's possible fading the 10K range? Now yes. I'll give you some, I'll give you some oh, numbers ahead, here. Sorry. I'll give you some numbers here. Uh, I think there's 67 combined worldwide wins between the six golfers in the 10K range. In the eight and 9K range combined, I don't think there's, I think they have less than half of that. Uh, combined in the 8k and 9k range um now i i think stars and scrubs will be popular this week just because there's a lot of value this week i think the pricing seems soft to me um a lot of good golfers in that low 7k range i think stars and scrubs will be popular do you think it's worth going contrarian and skipping the whole 10k range at overall I don't know, but again, like I said, it's definitely possible. So I answered your question first. Okay, here are reasons to try a Nest mattress. One, they have a mattress for every kind of sleeper. 
Two, Nest offers free exchanges within a 100-night trial. And three, save hundreds on everything bedroom-related, now through the summer at nestbedding.com. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. I said, yes, because my thought process is this, is that uh, while the names will look good in the 8K range, it comes back to what I always say is, you know, people will talk about them, but will they actually click them, right? Louie, Kepka, Wolf, Ricky, Bubba. This is all like, what have you done for me lately? Nothing. So if you haven't shown me anything, I'm going to talk about you as like, you're this insane value, but I'm actually going to click you and put you into my lineups. So I think that's where that does make it a little more interesting, Kenny, where you can fit two or three of those guys in and do it that way. But then at the same time, if we see how the ownership's trending and if those guys start to be the sort of chalk zone, the 9K range, which we're about to get to after I'll let you roll out more in the, the 10K range is just, you know, really strong as well. So that that's what, you know, sort of throws me off there. I think one of the sort of, you know, most interesting plays this week would be to go in the 9K range, skip the 10K completely and skip the 8K completely and, and just do it that way. Because when you get into the 9K range, you've got Decky, Burger, M, English, Palmer, Scheffler, Zalatoris. And that to me is a spot where there's a lot of guys that are just as capable. And I'll get to the ones I like in a second, but I do like that range quite a bit at the top. As I said, it's just Raman JT for me, but in my portfolio, I'll have less stars and scrubs than what I think the field will have. That's sort of how I'll underweight the, the roster construction, if you will. All right. So my, my picks in the top 10, my favorite GPP, GPP play is Xander uh, at $11,000. I think his time is ready for a win. I don't think he's won in like two years. Uh, I think it's time. His games look good. Um, he's had pretty good track record here. I mean, it's not the best, but never outside the top 20. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, of course his iron game is strong. Uh, his bigger weakness is probably around the green and uh, you don't really have to worry about that too much uh, in this range. Uh, but he's one of the best par five guys out there. Makes a ton of birdies uh, good on longer par fours. Um, so, you know, any par four from the 400 yard range, uh, he's solid. So I like Xander. My first cash game cornerstone, though, is going to be Justin Thomas. Uh, you save a little bit with him and you have a little bit better track record. Now, I've been going about it back and forth all day. I wrote my article around six o'clock. It's what, like 815 right now, 830 uh, Eastern Standard Time. We're recording this pod on Monday. And, um, you know, I, I, in my write up, I said I was probably going to go web. Uh, that was I wrote that a couple of hours ago, but just looking more at it, I decided to go with Justin Thomas uh, just because of his iron game. Uh, you know, Webb's iron game hasn't been as strong here recently. Uh, it's a lot of his putter, and but the, he's a good putter. So that's why you can't really just gloss over that fact. Uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of stuff with his putter because he's a good putter. That's what he's good at now. Um, and so, uh, but, but I'm going to go with Justin Thomas uh, because, of course, the only thing missing in his game a lot of the times is the putter. And these greens are flat. Uh, we've seen, like, Benny Ahn come in second place here. So you know that, you know, you can, you've seen Fianau come in second place here. Uh, so you know shitty putters can still do well uh, as long as their ball striking is good. And he's one of the best out there. Uh, so I'm going to go Justin Thomas in my first cash game, Cornerstone. Um, now, when it comes, I might play somebody else. I'm not 100% sure. I'm probably going to go based on ownership here. I'm not going to do the contrarian thing. I'm going to stick with these guys up top. Uh, now, let's, it, I'll just take us into the 9K range. Again, I had decisions here uh, for cash. 
Uh, it was either going to be Berger or Willie Z. Now, since I went Webb, since I went Justin Thomas, I decided to go with the cheaper guy uh, with Will Zalatoris to give me a little bit more flexibility when I make my cash lineup this week. So my second cash game cornerstone is Will Zalatoris because he's been one of the best ball strikers on tour since he's come on to since he's come on the scene uh, this year. I think he's top ten in both off the tee and approach uh, small sample size, but it's enough. We've seen enough of him to know that he's an excellent ball striker. Um, you know, he doesn't let stuff get to him. A lot of the times the rookie, he wasn't playing that well um, on, on Sunday. Um, he battled it out. Uh, you know, he, he didn't play that well at the, on the back nine on, on Saturday either, but he battled it out. Still got minus one on Sunday with that Eagle on 18. So I, I think he has that mental fortitude to be a really good golfer. Uh, I said last week that I didn't believe him at 8,400 uh, was, was, or whatever he was last week was, was viable. Uh, but the more I saw him this week uh, and seeing his game and his ball striking is so freaking good. Uh, and that's what wins here. Uh, so, so Willie Z is my second cash game cornerstone. I love Daniel Berger as well. Uh, he, it was, it, it was, so Justin Thomas, uh, Webb, Berger, and Willie Z. I think all four of them make really good cash plays. Uh, so you can go any which way you want with them because I, I had to boggle in my mind trying to figure out which ones I wanted to do. And I went with JT just because of his iron game and Willie Z because of his price compared to Berger uh, and his ball striking. Uh, but I like Berger. Uh, again, a good track record here. Really good on 400 to 450 yard par, par fours. There's a bunch of those here. Um, you know, uh, Birdie Maker, uh, Tita Green, he's really, really solid. He's been putting his ass off here lately. Uh, he's sort of turning into a, like a mini web. Uh, his putters never was as bad as web, but it's not as good as it has been now. Uh, and of course, his ball striking is, is pretty damn good as well. So I like him uh, also. And then I, I can't decide between Palmer and Sungjae. So how are you going this week? I'm really surprised by that. I thought the Willie Z would be a bigger conversation. You're literally in and cash. So that to me is crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah not, not, I, I, I'm with you on a couple points. You know, one is obviously how good he is. We were talking about him since last season. Everyone has been sort of in our little bubble, but those on TV might not know who he is. That doesn't matter to us. So I'm just trying to say like, Yes, it's incredible that shot down the stretch, the eagle, you know, everything sort of was awesome to watch, but this price just seems way off. And there's so many guys in here. Like for me, my absolute favorite play probably on the slate right now is Harris English at for everything considered price, value, stats, history, everything. It's not ownership. It's going to be low after what happened last week. Yeah, sure. But, you know, we just said, you know, I, I laughed about it this morning when I was doing the review show for Roto Grinders. And I said, it was just a few podcasts ago, Kenny. The title was, is English the new web who won last year? Web. English yeah. has been playing his ass off. This is a perfect setup. Uh, I think it's great. You know, all the stats line up that I talked about earlier can scramble, can putt. Like, it, it's all right there. He plays such a good game. I do like Sungjae. I do like Berger. I, I'm got man, I got to make a decision on Hideki, though. This guy's best buy pricing again at 9,800. They just mess with me, man. But it's just, and now, and of course, the history that he has here and the ability, but. I don't, I don't know. I, I like English more than Webb. And I, that's why I brought up Webb earlier is because I think that's where I could just see, forget it, just play Rom, JT, hop down into this range and pick up a few guys. And for me, it's definitely English and Berger. That's for sure the two that I'm on. I could see him, like you said. But then again, it's this Rom and Palmer thing. We haven't spent enough time on that. I know it's all narrative, but it's literally every single time since they won the Zurich together that they've shown up. And so if Rom's going to do well here, Palmer seems to be the guy to follow him. I have no clue why that is or what's going on with them. I mean, stats wise, they pop up pretty similar in their own ways. You know, for birdies are better, a little bit of scrambling, things like that. I think the around the green game 
helps. And then of course, just Tita Green approach Palmer can get on and get hot. Like you saw last week, again, even beat Rom by a stroke overall for the week. So, and that's at a tougher course that stands out to me. But like I said, that if I just go Rom and JT up top, then I don't mind plugging a few more guys in here. I have to make some decisions on Im Matsuyama. I think Im is probably the guy that I go to. I just think he's so strong. And that's the other thing, like Im versus Willie Z. I, how like you know Willie Z's been great and is a top ten machine, but Im has actually looked really good. Been on his game. I know he blew up a little on Sunday, but before that, it was looking like he could make a bit of a run. And he's won term. He won the Honda. Like we were right there watching it. This this guy is also got a really nice swing and more than capable. So uh, yeah, English Im Berger right in the middle there, and maybe be off my guy Hideki and off the guys at the bottom for me. All right, let's move to this eight K range. I was having I I have no idea what to do here. I'm playing Baba. I think last week was just a warm-up. This is a Bubba track. Play Bubba on Bubba tracks. I'm going to play Bubba. <clears throat> but outside of that, I don't know what to do, man. You, you guide me on this shit because I'm having a hard time. I want to play Matthew Wolf. Do you think his hand injury was bullshit because he shot seven over on the first day? I think so. Uh, if you watched uh, George Gankus and stuff, had him on Instagram and some videos and stuff like that, he looked fine, didn't have a rap, didn't have anything. I'm not going to call the guy out. I, I don't know him. I don't care. I'm just saying it, it just didn't seem like we – he was fine I, as far as I knew. And this is why I said in the past, the injury reports are bullshit because everybody would have this lingering injury that again, it's kind of like bending the rules. If, if something doesn't go right, you can just say it. I know there's like bigger things in place. If these guys just bail on a tournament. So they obviously have to have, obviously have to come up with some sort of ailment or something that doesn't allow them to continue because they can't just shoot a seven over and bail. They can, they do, but they do it within the rules back to the same thing of bending it. You look, he had a lingering wrist thing that no one in the world would ever know about their independent contractors. Therefore, on to the next week. I'll certainly go back. I don't really care about it. Like I guess I don't think it was not calling the guy a liar. I just don't think it was hundred percent real. So I guess I am, but I'm just saying that's no problem for me. I'll go back to Brooks Kepka. I'll play Ricky Fowler and Bubba for the course history. I'll play Horschel for the fact that, like I said, I already like him here at this course. And now I think it could have even more upside. I like Harmon Henley. Like this is why I said, I like the AK range. So if it looks like the top is going to go that way, maybe I'll do that. Or maybe I'll use, a 9K guy and a couple 8K guys. Like I like all of this range. Uh, Bubba stands out the most because Bubba is, you know, what's the saying? You play Bubba on Bubba tracks, third, fourth, second, second, fifth, 14th, 15th. Like this is all within the last seven years, eight years. This guy just dominates this course. He knows it well. Ricky, pretty much the same thing. So uh, I like both of them. I've got a bet out on Ricky. We'll get to that later. I've got a bet out on Kepka. The odds, I don't, I just don't care. Kind of like, you know, that's what I'm doing right now, just blind betting these guys because the odds are just, yeah, 50 they're gonna to win. Is wild, fifty to one is wild for, for yeah, Kepka. on on Kepka is nuts. It's to say he's it's gonna crazy. win, and I know everyone has the narrative of regular season events and whatnot, but that's fine. I think if you put him in fifty tournaments, he's gonna win. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him and bet on that. So but the yeah, worry, you know, I, the worry I have with Kepka is he shot even par on the South Course the first day. It's not bad, pretty good. You know, a Tory, it's not bad. Then shot four over on the north course, right? The easy course. Sure. I know the weather. I know the weather was bad, but like, yeah, like I just don't understand. I have no idea where his game's at. Like, yeah, and that's sort of the idea. And, of these and tournaments like, you had that the week before. What he was like four four under one day, and then four over the next day. Like, I think he has good rounds in him, but he just hasn't been able to string two in a row. Um, and, and so I don't know what to do about it. I'm going to have to play somebody in this range. And the only one I'm sure of is Bubba. So it looks like I might, I'll probably play Kepka, but I haven't gotten burned from him the last two weeks because I was pretty big on him. 
Uh, but I, it's, well, it's hey, hard for me not to go back. May, I, this is the thing. It's priced in. It's 8800 And maybe coming back to a course that he has won a regular season event at in the 2015 Waste Management Phoenix Open, maybe that sparks him a little bit, Kenny. Who knows? I don't know. His, uh, he was mentioned a few times. He's another guy like Reed who gets sparked off of little things. I said it last week. I thought it would be off, and it's still going, right? It was the, the Claude Harmon stuff didn't go away. It's Reed stuff took over for that. That was a bit of a storyline before the Reed stuff all happened, right? Where people were saying, look, and his third missed cut. That's what all the articles were about on Friday afternoon, right? When he missed it and he went, you talk about his training and, and going away and left him after the masters. When DJ won, it was kind of like a part ways because is he jealous? Who knows, right? He's got four majors. He shouldn't be jealous. And he doesn't seem like that type, but certainly feels like he could come back out and do something here. And it is priced in he's 8,800. It's not like you got to spend a bunch of money. He's not 10 K. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm going to play him also. Uh, let's move to the 7K range. I'll go to my third cash game cornerstone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Back go ahead, up. Go ahead. What, you what, you got more? No, I just want to know you. Like that, you said nobody, but let me talk to you about this one. Woodland, Henley, Siwoo, Harmon. Anybody down there? I'm going to play one of those guys. Uh, I'd lean Woodland, but he looks so bad on the weekend. Henley's ball striking or his iron game has been so good. But again, he didn't look great last time he was out either. Was that just a phase he was going through? His iron play was just so good for like six months and it's over? Probably not. So it's probably worth a look for Henley. I think the, the way his iron game is, I think that's the way it is now. Uh, and with that strong of a game, you know, he's ranked first in strokes game approach in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, second tee to green, um, you know, really good on the 150 to 175 par, uh, proximity, uh, you know, which is going to be a lot of your uh, iron shots, that and 200 plus. Uh, really good on the, the, the par fours. Stat-wise, it just looks like Henley should fit. And um, that's the way it's been going. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'll probably play Henley. I'll probably play Woodland. I'm just not sure uh, about it yet. And I'll have a better idea uh, in my write-up on Wednesday. All right, All right. Go ahead. So, so 7K range. I'll go my third cash game cornerstone. We're going Max Homa. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, uh, his iron game's been strong the last couple of times he's been out. Uh, he's going to his home. You know, he gets to sleep in his own bed. I think he lives in Scottsdale. Uh, finished sixth here last year, uh, I think 20th or something like that the year before. So a good track record. Uh, and he also said that his game is just about there. And I believe him watching him. He, he's performed pretty damn well uh, the last couple of weeks. And I think, you know, uh, he, he, he's found something after having a little bit of a lull. Uh, so I like Homa as my third cash game cornerstone. And this one's going out a little bit, but I like, uh, Henry Norlander, I'll give the credit to the, uh, the tour junkies uh, for this one. Love, loves Pat, love DB, love DB, met him at the Players' Championship uh, a couple of years ago. Really nice guys. They had Norlander on the show, and they were talking about um, – uh, he, he was talking about how he plays better his third and fourth week uh, that he's played in a row. And, and I tend to believe him just looking at, it, at, at his numbers. And also, you know, his iron game has been filthy here lately. I mean, like, you know, even though he had that miscut – thing in the fall he was still gaining strokes with his approaches every freaking week and in the three weeks that he's played uh in the eight rounds that he's played uh i'm sorry 10 rounds he's played this year uh he's gained almost 10 strokes with his approaches um you know he gained you know almost 15 strokes t to green his last two events uh, ball striking is key. Uh, I'm going to take the narrative that he says he plays better when he play in his third and fourth week out in a row. I'm going to go ahead and take that risk. A little bit risky. I can understand if you don't want to play him. Um, but, you know, I got to do something different. Uh, I, either I'm going too safe or not safe enough. I don't know what the deal is. So I'm, I'm going to go with Norlander. So my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Justin Thomas at 10,800, uh, 10, Willie Z at 
9K. Um, Max Homa at 7,900. Norlander at 7,500. A lot more aggressive than I normally would do. Uh, a lot for me personally, just looking at it, a lot less safe than what I would like it. But safe just hasn't fucking worked for me here recently. So we're going to try something new, basically. I'm just going with numbers, uh, basically what it comes down to other than other than Homa and Homa's more recent numbers. Uh, other guys I do like here, I like Corey Connors um, at $7,900. Uh, I think he looks good. I like him as a bet this week. Uh, you know, ball striking, again, excellent. Uh, one of the best heated green uh, on on the tour uh, is just he, he sucks at putting uh, once again. And this is, of course, where we've seen shitty ass putters play well. So I like Connors. Uh, I'll play a little bit of Carlos Ortiz. He faded on Sunday, but this guy's got a little bit of grit. Uh, you know, he's been in contention more than a couple of times uh, since the fall, including his win. Um, I think he's going to be good. I can I think we could probably say he's the best Mexican player out there, um, you know, over answer. Uh, I, I would say at this moment in time, the guy's pretty fucking good, and I'll take him at seventy eight hundred dollars. Who do you like up top in the seven K range? That's so funny because uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, the Mexican thing because you you mentioned it like what, first it was answers better than Ricky Fowler. Now it's Ortiz is better than answer. Yep. So Ortiz is the goat now. Kenny, you got all the guys moving up the charts, man. They're so- moving up. He's moving up for me, man. He's moving up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, this range is nice, man. I, I like it as well. Like, especially up in that upper, you know, 78, 7,900 area, because you got, you know, Connors, Homa, Ortiz all stand out. I have to go back to Jason day uh, just for talent, uh, you know, Kuchar's course history. So the, these guys pop a little bit, even Gooch, but you know, the guys I'm highest on there would be, uh, Ortiz and Homa, just what they've done lately, you know, what they can do. So you, you just mentioned, I don't need to rehash it. Homa, the joke, he's going Homa like that. You know, that's where he's in Arizona. I, I don't mind it, but I'll be, uh, be following him man. I, I like his game, what he's been doing. It's been showing up. You, you know, you mentioned it six year last year, rocks the Jersey on, on 16. So I think he's a good play. Ortiz is just the upside. I was kidding there, but you talked about it, but everything that's been going with it, Norlander, you might've sold me. I was going to say when I, you know, think about, Phoenix, I think about cactuses. When I think about cactuses, I think about desert. When I think about desert, I think about sand. When I think about sand, I think about Sunday when we both tweeted at the exact God, same time. The dude was, was living in the bunker, himself. dude. Living at the beach, dude. He literally he went sun, like four or five He had suntan lotion. He had the fucking waves crashing on his feet. He had the beach chair. He was yeah. living at the beach all day Sunday and still finished second. Yeah, man. Hen- Henrik Hasselhoff in second place. Yeah. He, he just took uh, it down. So Henrik Hasselhoff. I, I liked it. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was good, man. This guy just, you know, and one of them, he held out. So it just, uh, you know, that was the, the first thing that made me think of the Mirfield village and the Memorial thing was, um, you know, just watching him with the short game too. Like, you know, when he's holding out bunker shots and shit, that just brought me back to the Memorial where I remember sweating him and it ended up costing me like 50,000 bucks because of his short game on Sunday and he could not miss. But like you said, if you look at his stats, I like the little tour junkies nugget there that you brought up, shout out to them. That, that's solid. I don't remember that part, but yeah, that was, uh, you know, I've used their stuff for another nugget with speaking to answer earlier answer talks about liking going out in the mornings. So if you ever get answer in showdown, I like using him because I think it's just a, a spot where he said he likes getting up early. He likes getting out, getting the round underway and being fresh. So uh, those are just some little things there. I think if you go down, Chris Kirk is an interesting, the one to me stands yeah, out. He, you know, like he's done him. well here in the past. He's definitely turned himself around, right? We've seen a big sort of uh, resurgence for him and he's coming off of a 16th and a second. He did miss the cut here last year, but that was sort of in the midst of everything. And before that he's 50th, 11th, 34th, 37th. He's at a 24th before that. I think there's opportunity there with a guy like him. You mentioned Norlander and I'll go into the bottom range here. Uh, Sabatini, Benny on 
A couple other guys, John Hu, Luke List. I think they stand out. Wyndham Clark, Adam Long. Munoz, for sure. We didn't talk about him earlier, but I always like him. And then Ches Reeve and Laird are sort of the course history guys. But the, the ones for me, John, Johnny Questionmark has just been doing his thing you know, at a relentless level, it's just been nonstop. Last week wasn't the best for him, but if you go before that, he was like basically top 25 every tournament he played before and after the break. Uh, ball striking, everything's been on. And then you've got uh, the other guy I was just talking about there, uh, Munoz and List. They're just two guys that, again, upside for what they are and their scoring ability. List is sort of turning it on right now, man. I'm not sure if that's going to stay consistent. Do you got any thoughts on him? And then who else do you like in the lower 7K range? You know, like eight of his last 11 top tens have come on really hard-ass courses. Uh, this is not a hard-ass course. Uh, so a little worried about that. Like his top tens have come on like Muirfield, uh, 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 the Honda, PJ National, you know, Bay Hill, uh, you know, courses like that. Farmers last week, Tory. I mean, they've come in like courses. I don't think he's had a top 10 in those 11 starts. I think eight of those, eight of those 11 top tens that he's had have come on courses where the winning score is under minus not is, is worse than minus 15. So I don't know. He could be very popular this week and it could be a time to get off of him. Uh, we'll see about that. So I, I, it might be the time to get off on this type of course. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not hundred percent sold like I was last week uh, on him. Uh, yeah, I if he's like, going to be super chalky. I'll, I'll ask you that real quick. Don't yeah. off, but is, do you think, do you think he just picks up so much steam? Because if that's the case, this is certainly not a course where you need to play a bunch of chalk, especially in the value plays. Yeah. There's just, you know, you're telling me that, you know, Wyndham Clark, Russell Knox, Adam Long, Aaron Wise, Sepp Straka. There's so many names here. You can find one without having to bury yourself into 20% Luke list. If that's what we end up seeing come. Yeah, Knox interests me again. Uh, he was my cash game cornerstone last week. As I went to Wednesday, I wanted to change him. Uh, but I don't change cash game cornerstones after Monday just because I feel like it's, I'm obligated to play these guys since I tell you these are my cash game cornerstones on Monday. Uh, yeah. But he, I, I was very, very close to just changing him on my write-up on Wednesday. But I, I think I've done that once in my life. Uh, and I, I just don't like doing it. I think it's just bad juju, uh, you know, just because I'm trying to give you guys my cash game cornerstones. But, I, yeah, I wasn't feeling him as the week went on. I liked him in the beginning. Um, but I, I'm sort of more tempted now. His, his history here is pretty good. Um, iron play has been good, except you know, last week wasn't that great. You know, from 150 to 175, he's very good. A good on longer par fours as well. So I'm tempted by him. Michael Thompson, another guy. That this, this place is loaded. The guy's been having a couple of, of good runs here lately. Again, a lot of it has done with the putting, but he's normally been a good putter. Uh, that's his normal thing. Benny on, I'm going back to in this range. Uh, Sabatini, whose course history is not good. Uh, we'll see how that ownership plays out because he played so well last week. He actually beat the other Roy. Um, uh, but his course history here is not great, but he's been playing some damn good golf. I like Adam Long, uh, Cutmaker. I think he's viable in cash uh, down here, down below uh, at 7,100. I think he's made eight of his last nine cuts. Uh, I think he finished six here last year. Uh, so, so a lot, a lot of value down here in this low 7K range. Uh, let's move on to the 6K range. Uh, I'll go ahead. I, I like Keegan. Uh, God, I mean, like like I said, with Keegan Benny on, you just play him on courses where ball striking is important and just hope that they're putting average. I mean, uh, the upside will be there because they're so good at striking the ball uh, if they just putt average. Now, the odds of them putting average are very low, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, I mean, I think I, I think it's still worth a shot at this price. Um, other guys I do like in this range, um, I'm going back to Harold Varner. Maybe he just shook off a little bit of rust. 
Again, the stats line up. Iron game strong. Uh, good with the 150 to 175. Good from 200 plus. Those are going to be the ranges that you want to focus on uh, this week. So I'll go back to him a little bit. Uh, I might play a little bit of JT Poston. Uh, this could just be recency bias since he won me some money on Sunday. So we'll see about that. Um, other guys, Doc Redman seems like a value down here uh, again with his iron play and ball striking at 6,600. Um, uh, Robbie Shelton uh, also down here. I don't know what his price is. I forgot what his price is, but uh, 6,500 for, for him. You know, he makes a ton of birdies. He's really good in part fives. Uh, so I think he's another guy that you can use down here. I think, well, Gordon's another guy that you can use down here. It makes a ton of birdies, makes a ton of big numbers, but there aren't too many big numbers to be had here unless you hit it in the water. Um, so I like him at the cheap range. Uh, the best iron player from over 200 yards in this field uh, in the last 50 rounds, uh, which is pretty shocking for a guy at $6,300. Who do you like in this range? I'll give you a couple here. Just one second. I want to check one thing. Um, Michael All right, Kim, but while you me- check, just remember, everyone just remember, Rory cheated too. Just remember, people. <laughs> T- just remember. That, in and that might be the title. Who knows? But, hey, yeah. um, my, I was just looking down. Michael Kim was at 6,000. I looked. I was like, didn't he make the cut last week? Yeah. So I think he's my- made two cuts in a row or something like that. It's, he missed like 875 <laughs> cuts since his last win. Yeah, two of his <laughs> last three. He's, he's made two yeah. of his last three cuts, so yeah. 6,000. Yeah. I'm certainly not on him. I just thought that was interesting to bring that up. But, uh, yeah, I was a great last name. Great last name. Great last name. Uh, Will Gordon, Brian Stewart. These guys always sort of pop for me just, you know, down in this range. There'll be guys that, you know, have an approach game. Gordon has the upside. He was right there last week uh, as far as DK scoring goes. So when you drop him down to 6,300, get maybe an easier course. Lashley, guys like them down there, they, they can all do a little bit of damage. You've got Danny Lee down there. We've been waiting for him to pop a little. Sam Ryder. I don't know if he'll get much love. He was right in the mix. But the thing about, you know, Ryder, Ortiz, those guys last week, they were sort of stuck in the middle. They're, ne- they're never really in, you know, that type of field strength and sitting where they are, and especially Ortiz in the final group on the last day with a, you know, a tough Torrey Pine South course with big, big names on the leaderboard like that. That's much different than your average. And, you know, obviously Ortiz is a tour winner. I'm just saying that was an example of nerves, I think, more than anything else. It doesn't take away from his talent or where I would see these guys this week. So I'll go back to Ryder, especially at a course like this where you can score. We're always on our guy, Tom Hoagie. Uh, I think this is good. Doc Redman looks great at 6,600. I think he's fine. Uh, you mentioned Varner. I'm in on that. I agree. Uh, Denny McCarthy, some more value. And then, you're, you know, your Streelmans, Glovers, Ryan Moore types, these guys can show up here. Earlier, the two sort of boring guys we didn't mention are, um, you know, Steele and Reavy. Two guys that have some great course history here. So I think they would be interesting. I'm, I'm going outside this range for a second. And then Joel Damon, Stuart Sink, Tringali, that sort of range. These guys have all shown up at times. Uh, Joel Damon was ripping it up here. I know during uh, Outlaw, he was in Arizona playing. And I think he shot a 61 or a 50. Just crazy scores he can put up. So I think he's going to be interesting to see what his ownership shows up at at 6,800. And then we'll round it out with this. Maybe a good little segue, Kenny. Keegan Bradley, 6,900. Always does well here for the most part. Got the ball striking. We need the putter to show up. You joked about it. Normally doesn't show up. But usually our problem with Keegan is on Sunday is he has to get back home to watch the Pats play in the Super Bowl. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Pats are not in the Super Bowl, yeah, 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 but yeah, Tom well, Brady is. Yeah, so yeah, what yeah. are you doing with Keegan Bradley, and does it matter that Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl? <laughs> and then what are your thoughts on the, you know, we can go off Keegan, Keegan Bradley. What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl for this Sunday? It's a golf show, but curious to hear what your take is with this one, with the, the GOAT of all time, Brady, to, you know, to most. Some will argue it, arguably the arguably the best, versus now the, the new age guy that everyone's crowning in Patrick Mahomes, looking pretty damn good to go back to back. What's your thoughts on this game? I think it's going to be close. I think the, the the Chiefs win, but I think the the Brady covers. I think it's going to be a one two point game, last second field goal, Bucker uh, to win it. Like Brady drives it down with like you know with like three minutes left, uh, scores a touchdown and take like a a one point lead. Uh, they they miss the two point conversion, uh, and then they go uh, leave Patrick Mahomes a minute. Uh, left Ooh. with a couple of timeouts, brings him down. Bucker, like 48 yard field goal. Uh, he, he completes like a third down or with like one timeout left and 18 seconds to Kelsey for like 25 yards to get him to like the 32 yard line. And then you see Bucker kick it to win it. Uh, that, 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 that's what I'm seeing this week. I think, I think the Chiefs <laughs> win, but, but Brady covers. I'm dead over here because you literally broke it down to they get him to the 32 yard line. And you've got, yeah, you wrote yeah. a book on this thing before you got yeah. on here. You were ready for that question. I Holy was shit. ready. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I do see it as a little bit closer. I think everyone has the chiefs walking away with it right now. I know there's some big money coming in on the bucks because obviously there's Brady lovers. There's people that are just instantly taking that side as the sharp side. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think, that, uh, you know, the O-line will get talked about more as this week goes on with them already losing their left tackle and now their center. Uh, and Michael Hardman got coronavirus today or whatever, or in the protocol, let's call it. They don't, I don't know if they have it. They're in the protocol. They, they said if they, if they test negative, they'll be able to play. Yeah, so I assume they will test negative and be able to yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, you know, bend them. This is what it's all about, man. Bend it, bend the rules, man. Bend them like Beckham and you can do whatever you want, right? We talked about that. I'm sure that's what they're going to want the best possible guys on the field if they can. I mean, well, Brady's a cheater and he's considered the best ever. Right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I said earlier. You know, yeah. everyone says cheaters never win, but Brady and them win the game. Brady wins got... all the fucking time. He's a motherfucking cheater. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be good. I'm excited for Sunday, man. I love th- this week because you got the Super Bowl and waste management back to back. So I'll uh, be good for that, man. Other than that, not much else to talk about here. I think we hit on everything except for the bets and the one and done. Kenny, where you at? All right, bets this week. I got Xander. I think he's going to win. I'm taking an eleven to one. Uh, I got. Um, why can't I read my writing? Burger, uh, 22 to 1. Willie Z, 40 to 1. And I will say, 15 top 10s in his last 21 events. I know a lot of them have come on the Corn Ferry Tour, but they also came at the Farmers. They also came at the U.S. Open. <laughs> this guy's fucking good. Uh, Probably should I, bet him on, top 10 then uh, instead of winning. I mean, I might do that. We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, those bets come out Wednesday for me. Uh, this is just the outright. So I try to get him in early before the numbers move. Uh, I got Palmer 50 to one Connors 80 to one Norlander 100 to one. Those are my six bets this week. I'll have to look at Norlander. I got four right now because I'm, you know, super low on the board. I got Rory 12 to one. I got Harris English 25 to one. I got Brooks 45 to one. And I got Fowler 50 to one with the each way because he's not likely to win, but I could see him definitely showing up again. We didn't talk a lot about him earlier, but it's pretty obvious. We talked about the course history factor and just, 
you know, turned it on a little bit. Didn't really, can't really find his putter right now, which is odd for him. So if he does that, that could be, uh, you know, coming back to his stomping grounds here where he's done so well in the past. Maybe that's what he needs to rejuvenate himself. I also forgot this earlier in the stats with Fowler was I saw it today. Uh, he's outside the top 50, right? So as far as WGC goes, not happening. I think he has to really do well at these next two events to even be at the Masters. So that's got to be some motivation for him. So I like that mm-hmm. at 50 to, 50 to one with the each way in on Fowler. All right, my one and done. I got three choices. It's either going to be Xander Berger or Willie Z. God, Willie Z, hey, eh? this is what I got to go back and figure out because night. I mean, it's just killing me with all these the other. The ball guys striking is so it is good, it's good. so good, and then you remember five point three strokes tee to green at the Farmers, eight point six at the Shriners, ten point nine at the U.S. Open, ten point nine at the U.S. Open. Yeah, and this course is just so easy to rip up. And if he's on, like, man, holy shit, that could be huge. So I think he's uh, like six and off the tee and eighth in approach this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. We all it's know small what it is. It's just, yeah, small it's whatever sample. you. The, the, yeah, it's always that's what you got to sort of get out of your head, I guess, for me as well in DFS, right? When you're looking at it, you're just seeing the 9K price tag and it just sticker shock, right? He's uh, if he was 8,900, I'd be all in, I was in the same boat with you as last week. Last week, I was like, I ain't paying 8,400. Right. I just I did the same. And I saw him and I like, the guy is so good. T to green. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then you see him uh, stripe it on 18 and go up. Yeah. Eagle and you're like, well, damn, that, that shit, was a mistake. That shit yeah. crossed the edge right there. I was like, motherfucker. I'm in, I'm in, I'm yeah. in because he could have uh, just been like, fuck it. I'm out of it. But he kept on fucking grinding and made the Eagle to get inside the top 10. I mean, shit. Plus when he needed it, remember like last season we were following him. The whole thing was he needed to get it his own way for the exemption. And yeah. he just went out and did it. He's a he closer too, yeah. man. He, yeah. That's a different type of close. Maybe he didn't win, but some of those fields are pretty tough or, you know, a lot of guys in there that could close the door. And for him, it's like, he just kept executing on what he needed. You tell him he needed to do something. He went out and did it. So love to see that for one and done Kenny. I'm thinking using up just one of these guys. I don't give a shit about like Ricky or for Hideki and just play the course history angle and see what happens because I don't think they're necessarily the most popular just because of course history. I think that boat's kind of sailed off. So I think that ship sailed. I, I think more of just using them up to have some fun with it. And it's early in the season. When else am I going to use Ricky? Like I said, he might not even make the damn masters. So yeah. who knows how many tournaments I'm going to get to use them in. So I'll, I'll try it out here and go with him or Hideki. All right. So I think that's going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article each and every week on gupscorner.com. Uh, article is up already. Uh, I'll have my uh, favorite DFS plays, my favorite bets, uh, all that good stuff on Wednesday. Tambo. Yeah. You guys can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there. If you got any questions, I officially made the news. Everyone, you know, more people are tweeting at me. I'm giving the Tiger Woods card away at 9,500 now. So if you don't follow me yet, follow me on Twitter. If you find your friends, tell them, tag them, whatever you got to do to get it involved. I still want to give that card away. So I've got it set aside for everyone. I will give it away. Just want to make sure at least, at least hit something, right? It's all about hitting targets. Back to what I talked about earlier, the sales world, Kenny, you got to hit your targets. So uh, other than that, find me on rotogrinders.com. You guys can head on over there, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Now you can get yourself 10 bucks off. It's all set up to go. So try it out. Check it out. Going to do the Tuesday show with Noto and Cards, the Wednesday show with a special guest each week going over lineup HQ, exposures, everything that we go through with building the lineups. And then Monday, I do a review show with, you know, back on roster construction process, everything that people used to get to the winning lineups and their player pools. So check it all out. Other than that, have a good week. All right. We finally get fans in a tournament and never, ever forget Rory cheated too. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. 
Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.